Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. It's the holiday season. Be careful. Don't be out drinking and driving. Don't do it. Take an Uber. So if you find yourself needing legal representation for a DUI defense or criminal defense or personal injury, trust East Tennessee's premier lawyer, Marcos Garza. GarzaLaw.com, 865-540-8300. Before you say guilty, say Garza. Let's get to the episode. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on this point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch coming at you late on Monday. It is 8.50 Eastern. Seth Hughes joins me down in Alabama as he just survived not one, ladies and gentlemen, but two tornadoes. And here I am. And here you are. Gotta, I mean, I told you I'd do a podcast. I'm a man of my word. I'm a man of my word. So here we are. Mother Nature tried to hold me down, but I said not today. Seth Hughes looked death in the eye and said, no, not today. Not today. You were little Arya Stark training with her swordsman. And, you know, he said, hey, what do we say to death? Not today. That was you today, Seth Hughes. If it, if the tornado had come during the second half of the Tennessee-Memphis game, I might have said, today, go ahead and take me. Just do it. For the love of God, take me out. Just, just, just get it over with. You were having to text me updates. I was at the Biltmore, and you would think, as you know, millions of people, I imagine, go to that, go to that uh, property a year. I was there on Saturday. Jimmy Himes was there today. So, I mean, you got the big Knoxville elite media there. <laughs> you would think they would up their Wi-Fi game, but they didn't. I'm shocked that Jimmy Himes was able to tweet a picture out from the campgrounds or the, the house grounds or whatever because I couldn't even get my apps to update me on Tennessee Memphis in the second half. You were having to green bubble text me. Yeah. I noticed, I noticed that, like, my iMessage is just – wouldn't go through it would it would like send but it would never say delivered and i'm like okay i guess I've, we got to do this the old-fashioned way back to 2006 but we got it done unfortunately the team couldn't get it done the team however did not get it done no regular season rick let us down you know, I'm not going to blame Rick for the uh, the inability of his players to make jump shots. I, I went back. I watched the first half up until the last media timeout. Then I had to leave. And then I got home Sunday morning and 
uh, watched the last 10 minutes on DVR. And it looks like we had shots open. I'm not going to blame Rick that the fact that uh, Lamonte Turner can't make a jump shot anymore and that Jordan Bowden is uh, uh, was Beta Bowden on Saturday. I do not like seeing Beta Bowden, but he reared its, uh, he reared his head on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there were a lot of open shots. They had a lot of open shots, and if they had made two more than they did, they they win the game. I mean, it's pretty much it's it's pretty much that simple. I mean, um, I, I'm surprised Bowden shot the ball ten times. It didn't feel like he shot that much to me, but I mean, uh, Turner, Bowden, and Pons went. One of fourteen from three. Yeah, it turns out we might have uh, we might have been right on the whole. Uh, let's pump the brakes on Pons, but then he we kind of sort of got swept into it. It turns out he has improved, yes, but he is not going to be someone who can give you fourteen to sixteen points per game. No, I liked what he did in the second half with the 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 short range to mid range game. I liked what he did in the second half, um, off the pump fake and stuff. But to me, it basically, it comes down to like, like Jordan Bowden's shots didn't even look close to me Saturday. Like he airballed one badly. And I, I, I'm not saying this is how it is, but to me, it just feels like if he starts off on a bad foot, if he doesn't make his first couple shots, then, um, it's done. Unfortunately, that's how I feel right now. The one thing I would blame on regular season Rick is the fact that he has enabled and allowed for this to happen so long, but I am so goddamn tired of watching Jordan Bowden shoot long contested twos. Like passing up a three, dribbling off the dribble, uh, and shooting a contested pull-up. Like, enough. That's the worst shot in basketball. Stop. Yeah. That would be the only thing I'm upset at Barnes is about is that he's enabled that. Like, I, I know, everyone knows how much I love Lamonte Turner. He played absolutely awful Saturday. I don't know what the deal is. They've run all these tests on his shoulders. There's zero structural damage. He's not, like, what is weird to me is that the shots aren't missing by much. They look good going up. It's not like, I mean, like, Bowden airballed that 1-3, and it wasn't even close. And I, I, I don't know what the deal, like, Turner is shooting too much. That's my issue, is like, okay, the shoulder is screwed up. Or you have, you have the yips. Something is wrong. Stop shooting so much, man. Yeah, that's what I said today on the radio, is like, it. It almost seems like he's got whatever the hell happened to Markel Fultz last year. Like, you are still awesome on defense. You can still get to the rim. You can still lead the team. But you have to stop shooting threes if literally none of them are going to go in. Because that, that's like what it's at right now. Is that not any of them are going in. And as much as it sucks then you have to stop shooting because I just feel like, unfortunately, every time he shoots the ball, it's a dead possession. 
Except for the VCU game. Shout out to the VCU game. And I don't know what it is because he's not missing bad. It's not like they're off by a mile. It's all really weird. The whole thing is just... <sighs> what I noticed on Saturday was every jump shot looked different. Yeah. He has that hitch. Yeah, he no longer has a, a fluid rhythm. And it's going to kill the offense, Seth, because I think the rest of the SEC is going to know this guy can't shoot right now and they're going to sag off him and it is going to kill Tennessee's spacing and it's going to kill his opportunities to drive to the hoop because people are going to be sagging off of him and that's going to make it really tough on our team unless Josiah can become the guy we need him to be. We need Josiah to be the Messiah. We need Josiah to be the Messiah I, I thought he was going to save us on Saturday. Uh, you know That was probably his first real pressure game. I don't count Washington. I don't count Florida State. That was his first taste of big college basketball, even though it was a shitty game. Uh, I hope to see him take another step forward, uh, really just on Wednesday against Cincinnati. Go up, show us what you learned. That's the only way this team's going to be good, is if, if, is if Josiah becomes the Messiah. What? bothered me what bothers me about the game was that like he kept us in it in the first half correct why didn't we go to him in the second half like why didn't everything go through him why didn't we say okay this guy's got the hot hand he's the most talented player on our team and go like go do something like but we didn't do that i don't understand why Probably because we have two senior guards who are also in the locker room with no basket saying we got to get going too. Well, they're going okay, to have to. We got we, we to get Bowden going. We got to get Bowden going. Hey, Lamonte, you know Lamonte is going to try to get going. Like, we got Beta Bowden shooting, but not being aggressive enough. We have overcompensating Alpha Lamonte trying to do too much. And those guys are just, you know, I don't want to overreact to one game, whatever. The season's still long. But, like, when they're playing bad, their personalities and their games just clash. Yeah. The good news is is that the defense is still, I mean, the defense is great. It's been great all season. Uh, Memphis shot 33%. You out-rebounded. That's another thing. In both of our losses, we have out-rebounded the other team. Uh, teams that are much bigger. Uh, we didn't out-rebound Memphis. Oh, I thought we did. No, they out-rebounded us by 10 because we missed 45 shots. Okay, I thought we did for some reason. And they turned the ball over eight times. So, like, they, were, they weren't getting near as many shots. They weren't getting near as... Uh, we weren't getting near as many opportunities as they were. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, You blew that one. Producer, cut that out. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I thought I read that we did. But... um. We did help, we did hold them to 33% from field goal. Princess didn't do anything. Not John Fulkerson kept him in check. Lamonte, it's like you said, Lamonte overcompensates and Bowden doesn't do anything. Like, I, I go back to when last year when we were beating teams, we were just beating the dog shit out of teams every night. Like, Bowden was in transition. 
Bowden was just amazing off the bench in transition. It wasn't even about the three-pointers as much. It was about getting him like in transition and just up the floor and stuff. And like you didn't, I, I, I remember him hitting one layup at the beginning of the second half Saturday. And it's like, man, this guy's got to get out and go some, it feels like. You've got to get him some baskets somehow. we got to get somebody going to the rim. And yeah. Josiah, he seems still skittish. Like, he didn't want to necessarily drive to the rim. He missed the early dunk on a fast break. But it seemed, you know, from what I was watching, um, it seemed like whenever he had a lane, he would sometimes pull it out and then settle for a mid-range or pull it back out and pass it. I'm not panicking yet. I will be panicked if we lose to Cincinnati. I, I think that like you can't panic yet because we started off this conversation by saying if we hit two more threes, then we win the game, and we only hit three. So all we're saying is you shoot five of twenty-three from three instead of three from or whatever it was. I don't know how whatever the hell we shot. We shot four of twenty-six from three. Okay, so all you're saying is, oh, we're gonna shoot six of twenty-six from three instead of four of twenty-six from three, and we beat the number eleven team in the nation. People do need to get buckled in and understand that some of these games, we're gonna win some of them and we're gonna lose some of them. They're going to be absolutely heinous. Yeah, we're playing some Conzo ball this year. They are going to be like criminal they should be rick as much money as he should make as much money as he makes probably should be charged with like crimes against humanity for how ugly some of these games are going to be and sometimes we're going to win them i say we're probably going to win enough to get like an eight or nine seed and sometimes like saturday we're going to lose them and when we win them you're just going to be like well all that matters is we got the win, and when we lose them, you're going to want to burn the whole damn thing down. But we are playing some ugly, ugly basketball, and that's just how it's going to be all year. We've seen enough of this team to know that that's just how it's going to be. And, I mean, you know, like, I, I, we're, how many games have we? We've played nine games, right? Yeah, seven and two. We've looked good, and we've looked good for three halves: the second half against Miss, against Murray State, and the game against Washington. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And man, like we—I brought it up a little while ago on an earlier podcast, but man, like Rick did not have a backup plan. His backup plans were one: Jalen Cohn enrolling early, and two: Euros Plavsic. Why did we not go out and sign a point guard? We got this guy from uh, Uruguay. Hopefully he can play. Why did we not go out and sign a... You cannot... Like, forget about Turner not being able to shoot. He is is a very, very good on-ball defender. Everyone would agree with that, I think. If you keep playing him 35 to 40 minutes every game. 35, bro. He ain't playing 35. He's playing 40. He played 36 Saturday, I think. I'm looking at the... Or 34. He might have, Seth, but the ESPN... No, the ESPN box score says 40. Okay. Like, I don't know. Like, I I didn't watch... So, he didn't come out a single time Saturday. It says he played 40 minutes on ESPN's box score right now. You know, if, if you keep playing him like that... He did come out some Saturday. 
I thought, but it wasn't for long, no. I, he, he's going to be dead by Valentine's Day. Like, forget about a shooting. Forget about a shooting. You need somebody to take the ball up the court. I, we, we, we've tried to let Gaines take the ball up the court, and Saturday, it was not pretty. Like, I, again, like, things happen. You lost four people. You probably didn't expect Bone to go pro. But, dude, you're paid $5 million to have a damn backup plan. The backup plan has to be better than we're going to get Jalen Cohn to graduate early. But that was seriously the backup plan. To me, I mean, you don't want to overreact after one game. But they've looked good for three halves, and Rick Barnes didn't recruit a point guard. I don't think you uh, want to underreact either and pretend like everything's okay. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not panicked or anything, but like there are warning signs there. But I'll give this team a chance to gel. Uh, Drew Pember looked pretty good in his minutes. Like uh, We'll see if he can be a player moving forward. I'd, I'd like to see Kumwa or Kumhau, however the hell his name is pronounced. Like I'd like to see him. He struggled Saturday. Get back on track, yeah. Um, I thought he looked bad. He did. I'm just worried that Lamonte's shoulder is something that's not going to be able to get fixed. That's that's my biggest concern here. I agree. And like at this point, I would say it's not going to get fixed because we're in the middle of a season. Yeah, I, I don't think that it's going to get fixed. And even, you know, he sat out for a long damn time last year. And even when he came back, he wasn't the same guy that he was his sophomore year. Right. But it was still a lot better than this. And he can't sit out this year. Like, he can't even sit out, like, on the bench for more than three minutes a game, like, much less take four or five games off and get right. Yeah, that, and, like, that's that was what I was – I was thinking about that scenario when I brought up Barnes not recruiting a point guard. Like, Cincinnati and Wisconsin suck. So you're in a little bit of a lull. Yeah, but you, I don't think you can afford either one of these losses, though. You, you can't, but if you had – if you had gotten a backup point guard, you could have set Lamonte some – I honestly feel feel like your best-case scenario, Seth, would be to sit him against good teams. What's the gap after Cincinnati? We have a pretty good gap after Cincinnati, right? Or do we know? I I thought we didn't play Wisconsin until the 28th. We play Wisconsin the 28th. So you got like 10 days. You have Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State. You got Jacksonville State on the 21st. So like maybe a 10-day break. Like don't play him against Jacksonville State. Surely you can win that game at home against Jacksonville State. You had a, you just got done with a 10-day break. That's true. That's true, and it didn't look like it helped. It looks like it got worse. And maybe he was just really focused on finals. I don't know. That's true. That's true. Maybe he was uh, cracking the books, and, you know, we gave that excuse to Josh Dobbs. I think Lamonte might have also been uh, doing that as well. I mean, yeah. I mean, you never know. Uh, brother Jackie in the Discord pointed out that – uh Jordan Bowden was studying Cheeks on the internet, focused on porn accounts on Twitter the night before the game. So um, I like to think Lamonte maybe was just focused on books. But like either way, both of our senior point guards were distracted, or senior guards were distracted. Yeah, suffice to say, uh, Jordan's head did not appear to be in the right place. He was thinking, Seth, with the wrong head, if you will. <laughs> uh, he was. You have to imagine how great my Sunday uh, morning slash afternoon was as I came home, plopped down to watch the last 10 minutes of that game, and then got ready to watch my Titans. 
play the Texans. Yeah, I thought that was a weird game. I'm not panicked about it. I was a little upset at the time. Not upset, just frustrated because we we're. I think we're better than the Texans. Uh, I think if Ferkser holds onto the ball as he goes in the end zone and it's seven nothing, everything goes differently. That's what I was like. I, I I I had to listen to the whole thing because we were painting my sister's house and um, getting her house ready to move into. But like, did the Titans not have a whole lot more yards than the Texans in the first half? Yeah, in the te- first half especially. I mean, well, the Texans, you know. They had one drive in the first half. It was a you know an impressive drive. They went seventy four yards and scored a touchdown to go up fourteen nothing. But that was pretty much it. Um, you know, people were mad because people are always going to blame like the throw on first and goal from the five was not a bad idea. It should have been a touchdown. Should have been a touchdown. If the guy holds onto the ball, it's a touchdown. And that goes an easy throw. Tannehill put it right on his chest. Should have been a touchdown. Instead, uh, Justin Reed makes a good play. Ferkser. Pops the bob in the air. Game's changer. And then, like, I mean, the Texans, they have three good receivers. The Texans probably have the the second best receiving core in the NFL. Mm-hmm. We have a depleted secondary right now. They got loose in the fourth quarter. It sucks, but it is what it is. Um, thanks to your Buffalo Bills, Seth, I want to kiss your feet right now. Uh, because once your Buffalo Bills beat the Steelers, I considered Sunday a win. Yeah. I came out feeling like it's a net positive. Like, it sucks, and people are going to be freaking out and all that, but I, I felt like Sunday was ultimately a win for us. Do the Steelers win another game this season? If I had to bet money, i say they win one, but I don't feel very confident in it. Like, I, I think – I just think that they uh, – I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't think they – honestly, no, I don't think they do. I think they go 0 for 2. I mean, they're favored by three against the Jets. You're doing good at home. The Jets, I was going to say, the Jets aren't that bad. Like, they, you know, I mean. They moved the ball against the Ravens. They they got stopped a couple of times in the first half, but they were moving the ball. Like, Darnold and Crowder and Robbie Anderson, like, that's a pretty good. That's And Le'Veon Bell revenge game. I hope Le'Veon Bell's focused on keeping them out of the playoffs. I guess it really depends if the Ravens sit, guys, that last weekend. I don't know if they can afford to. They, unless, if, if the Ravens beat the Browns on Sunday in Cleveland, then they clinch the one seed. So then they said they were going to arrest at least RG3. But, RG3 being the eternal optimist, Seth, I believe that the team will play hard for RG3. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. They're going to arrest Lamar Jackson for RG3. Yeah, and then I think RG3 will play hard, or I think RG3 is going to try to showcase himself. And I think the rest of the team likes RG3, and they will try hard for him. And they hate the Steelers. And Duck Hodges fucking sucks. So he is awful. The Titans are still making the playoffs. And we might be in a position on uh, Sunday to rest our injured guys against the Saints because that game doesn't matter. There's a scenario we just rest our starters in week 16, or some of our starters, some of our banged up guys, get Henry out, let a Dory Hill up. And then we go week 17, and the Texans might actually be resting their guys in week 17. We take care of business, we get in the playoffs, and then we ride. We go to Kansas City, we do what we always do, which is beat Kansas City three in a row. They can't stop us, and then we're off and running. This train is still making the playoffs, Seth. I, the thing, like, I felt like the, just listening to it again, I just listened to it. I felt like the Titans were better yesterday. They were, which is what was frustrating about it, but, you know, the Texans have a good skill have good skill players. And when you get a field goal blocked and you have a, a 
you know, you lose seven points and gift them seven, that's tough to come back from. Can we, can the Titans get rid of Ron Suckup yet? I don't know what they're waiting for. I've been saying that for a month and no one wanted to listen to me. We should have never got rid of brother, brother Parkey. He came in, he was ready to redeem himself. He hit, he had a perfect day against Kansas City and then we got rid of him. Bring him back. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really understand. So what's the scenario where the Titans can rest guys this Sunday? If the Texans beat the, uh, uh, if they win at Tampa Bay. Do they play Saturday? They play Saturday at 1 o'clock. Okay. If so, Houston beats Tampa Bay, Houston locks up the division, and then the Titans game against the Saints pretty much means nothing. I mean, granted, I guess it could mean something, like if the Titans beat the Saints and the Steelers lose out. But, you know, uh, pretty much the Titans will be focused on beating the, the, the Texans Week 17. Okay, so if the Texans win Saturday, they're in. They win the division, yes. And so, But the Titans can still get the wild card. Correct. By beating the Texans in the last week of the season. The Titans have to beat the Texans. If, te- if the Titans beat the Texans Week 17, they will then have the tiebreaker over Pittsburgh if they finish with the same record, which means Pittsburgh has to lose one more game. Okay. Like, if the Titans and Steelers both went out and go 10-6, and six, the Titans do not get the tiebreaker because the Steelers have a better conference record. So it still seems like the Texans are probably going to – I mean, the Titans are probably going to get in. 538 gives us a 40, uh, 54% 50, chance. Yeah, 54% chance is what I thought. Now, I don't know if they're taking into account that Lamar Jackson might be resting Week 17, but either way. Yeah. I, mean, I bet they probably are to some extent because – And Brother Jameis – I mean, I'm a big brother Jameson. He's been lighting it up. He's been lighting I it up. I never sold my stock while everyone else gave up on Jameis and talked about, oh, bitch-ass Mariota. I remained loyal to Jameis Winston. So brother Jameis might just come in without two top ten receivers in the NFL, uh, without Mike Evans, without Chris Godwin, and brother Jameis might just beat Houston's ass on Saturday. And then if that happens, the Titans control their own destiny to still win the division. They just have to win the last two games. Boom, division's ours. Um, they were talking yesterday that, like, uh, I, I can't remember what I can't remember what channel it was on. It was might have been NBC last night. But that the Buccaneers are going to re-sign Jameis. They're going to at least franchise tag him for sure. He has thrown for over 4,500 yards. He's unstoppable. Oh, man. Like, his last three ga- his last two games, he's thrown for over 450 yards um, in each of his last two games. Yesterday, he, he threw for 450 yard- 458 yards and four touchdowns. He leads the – he's three touchdowns. He's three touchdowns behind Lamar Jackson passing. That is and, hilarious. You know, Lamar Jackson's resting week 17, so Jameis is going to get to play one more game. My man Jameis might win the triple crown. He might lead the NFL in yards, touchdowns, and interceptions. That is hilarious. I kept all my stock, never gave up on him. Is there any way the Buccaneers can make the playoffs? No, they're eliminated. Okay, that's too but bad. Bruce Arians, they're coming for that ass next year. You think so? I mean, I, th- I think he's a good coach, so yeah, I think they'll be good next yeah, year. Yeah, he does seem like a good coach. I think they'll be fine. They'll be good next year. All right, let's get to some patron questions, but before we do, we've got two new patrons to shout out. $2 patron, Tanner Carson. He said he's back for uh, Will's game previews. 
Shout out to Tanner. We love you, buddy. We appreciate it. And new $10 patron, Josh Wilburn. Shout out to Josh. We appreciate it, buddy, and we love you. Love Brother Josh. He tweeted out today that he had joined the gang, tweeted out a receipt, says he's a part of the family now. We appreciate him. Welcome to the we family. We love him. We love all the support. We love all the patrons. If you want to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash reads ranch. I got a real, uh, I've, I've got really in the Christmas spirit seeing all the brothers and sisters of the Discord and their secret Santa, how they're sending each other gifts. It's, uh, it's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. Some really good gifts in there. Yeah. Some really thoughtful gifts. We got a lot of nice people in the Discord. We do. We're a family. I love to see it. Let's run through some quick questions. All I want to do about 10 more minutes of this because it's late and uh, you survived a tornado. I have been running the roads all day. You have. Uh, Hit us with some questions in the Discord. Do you see any good ones? Yes. What is the best Christmas song? The best Christmas song. I really like... uh, You're going to not like this, but the first one that came to mind was the NSYNC Merry Christmas song. I really like that one. Okay. I respect... Well... It seems like Justin Timberlake might get, is, is in the process of getting canceled, but I do really like JT. He's, he's not going to get canceled, but he's going to have to have a bounce back. Like, uh, is Jessica leaving him? Is she leaving? I don't know, but she, I, she doesn't seem one to take much shit. Well, he claims that nothing happened outside of them holding hands. Yeah. Which, I, you know, I don't know if I believe that, but he got caught holding hands with his co-star of some shitty movie he's about to make. Merry Christmas. My favorite Christmas song is um Happy Holiday. Go tell it on the mountain, specifically by no by none other than the Queen herself, Dolly Parton. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Um What were your best and worst Christmas experiences? The best Christmas experience, uh the worst, man, I was such an asshole as a kid. I would always pout all the time. And if I didn't get what I wanted, I would just be miserable. I can admit that. I was a an asshole for a lot of my youth. Um, my best moment actually is related to that because my mom knows how big of an asshole I am. So they gave me all my gifts. It was, I believe it was fifth, fourth or fifth grade. I can't remember exactly. I think it's fourth grade. They gave me all my gifts. Nothing good. Just more bullshit. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. I'm sitting there on the couch, about to cry, pouting like a little bitch. And then I go downstairs to go down to my basement and sulk. And when I get around the corner, boom, good gifts. PlayStation 2, first year, first edition. And then I felt like such an asshole. Because my stepdad at the time had said he went to like wait at Walmart. This is like when you had to go wait at Walmart like... You had to go camp out, basically, because the internet wasn't really doing its thing yet. And they got there, he camped out, he got me a PlayStation 2, some cool games. Madden, I guess it was Madden 2001. Is Madden 2001 the one with Eddie George on it? I feel like it was. I had that, I had Any Given Sunday, I had some cool games, some cool movies, shout out to Final Destination. Um, that was probably the best I've ever uh, liked you know, from my childhood. And it was basically built around me being a dickhead. So uh, that's also a, a worse moment, I guess. 
Last year also when Frank was dying. That wasn't good. <sighs> Man, that was rough. That was a be- that was a shitty Christmas. That would that would also be um, a shitty experience. And 2013, I believe it was, uh, I had been dumped by Kendall. And I remember just being at home on Christmas Eve. I wouldn't sit at my dad's house. I just watched the saddest movie by myself, Drinking Buddies. I don't know if you've ever heard of that movie. And it was basically a sad movie about these failed relationships. And I just remember that was a real low point of my life too, Seth. Frank number one, though. When I thought Frank was dying, that was uh, that was a shitty Christmas. That was on Christmas Eve, right? Yeah, that was a shitty thought, Christmas. That was rough. Shout out to My Pets Animal Hospital for being open on Christmas Eve. Amen, amen. For not taxing me for, like, emergency care. Shout out to Frank for being strong as hell. Shout out to Frank. Uh, my worst Christmas was 2017 when I got food poisoning. I believe I have recounted the story on the podcast before. Um, but my entire family, day by day, got... It wasn't food poisoning. It was more like the stomach flu. Like, uh, my dad got it, like, the 22nd. Uh, my sister Claire got it the 24th and I was getting, I'd spent the night with my parents on the 23rd cause Christmas Eve was a Sunday and I was getting out of the guest room on Sunday morning to go take a shower for church. And I saw Claire going back into her room and I looked at my mom and I said, and Claire had like slammed the door and I said, mom, what's Claire doing? And my mom said, she just started throwing up. And I said, well, okay, but after church, I'm going straight home, and I'm not coming back here until tomorrow morning. And all Christmas Eve, I did not eat a single thing because I was like, if I don't eat anything, can't throw up. Woke up Christmas morning, got to my parents' house about 9.30. I walked in the door, put my stuff down, went to the bathroom, started throwing up, opened a couple presents, Got a trash can, went to the guest room. Before I shut it, I looked at my dad and I said, don't open this door until I tell you to come in here. And I proceeded to dry heave for the next six hours. At one point, I made my dad turn on the shower as hot as possible. And I went and laid in the shower, butt-ass naked, throwing up in the shower between my legs (laughs) while while the hot water washed over me just because I was in that cold sweat phase where like you're freezing like that's the coldest i've ever been in my life and i was i was laying in bed fully clothed under three blankets one of which was a flannel lined blanket with a space heater on me and i was still shivering that was the worst that was when was that that was two or three years ago that's two years ago yeah two christmases ago um what's the uh, worst christmas gift you ever gave i don't know I feel like I, I, for a long time, I took it like I was a bad present giver to like my sisters. Now I've really like gotten better at it because I realized like I was lazy when I was growing up, and I, I really try to do. But you know, it might be this year because my sisters bought my sisters sent me Amazon links to exactly what they wanted, and I bought exactly what they wanted. And both of them are shipping from China and won't be here until January. Neither one of them have left China as of this morning. <laughs> All you have to do is give them a receipt. Like, hey, sorry, I ordered it. I mean, you if you ordered it by, like, the 16th, which is now, that's a pretty good window. It's not your fault. Yeah, I ordered it on Black Friday, no less. That's not your fault. That's not your fault. And, like, when it happened. When did they give you the list of what they wanted? 
a lot like two weeks before, but I waited until Black Friday to see if it would be cheaper. That's that's excusable. That's perfectly fine. And when when I ordered it Friday morning, that Friday morning, you know, it hit me back immediately with like December twentieth to January sixth, and I'm like, that's weird, but you know, surely it'll be here before then. And then I got the thing that it shipped not too long after that, and it still said that time frame. And then I started tracking the package, and I realized it said like Shingyu, China, and I'm just like, well. Shit, there you go. The worst gift I ever gave was probably when I was like 20, I believe I was. Um, so, like, you know, you're 20, you're in college, you don't have a lot of money. All the money I did have, I would waste on different things. You know, I wasn't, didn't have, you know, didn't really have a job, anything like that. So, like, um, come Christmas time, one family, one family thing, like my dad's, we do like, you know, the white Christmas or whatever, like, you know, you pass gifts around and shit, whatever. Um, when it came my time at the end, I just took this nice like fleece blanket, this really nice blanket for the purpose of gifting it. And I gifted it to my mom and she had heard that I took that home from my sister. So she knew I regifted her and she made a comment about it when she opened it. And I felt like shit. Like, I don't know if it was inappropriate or not, but that's the worst I've ever felt giving a gift. Yeah. Other than like a couple years ago, I also got my dad like this back massaging chair, and I know he's never used it once, but he acted like he was like, oh, thanks. But I know he's never used it once. <laughs> that does remind me, last Christmas. So my grandmother, who we pressed F for earlier this year God on the podcast. Please God press F for Grandma Hughes. Neil, well, Neil, Yeah, Neil. I, was say, I know her last name's not Hughes, but I didn't know what her last name was. Let's try this again. Hold on, hold on. Please press F for Grandma Hill. Neil. <laughs> God damn it. Sorry. Sorry, Grandma Neil. I know she wouldn't like it if I took the Lord's name in vain. So wait. Uh, never mind. Okay. Uh, please press that for Grandma Neil. My whole life, like literally, I'm 28. She was alive for 27 Christmases. The first 26 Christmases of my life, my mom had to take back every single Christmas present that we gave my grandmother. My mom made sure to keep the receipt in the box when my grandmother opened it. So, because she knew that my grandmother would take it back. Because that was just how my grandmother was. And last Christmas, my dad had found this headset that you could plug into your TV and you could control the volume with the headset because she was totally deaf in one ear. And so she could hear the TV. And I will never forget the look of disgust that she had on her face when my dad gave me gave her this headset. It was like my dad had spit on her. <laughs> it was like my dad had spit on her. And my mom was like, I'm not taking it back. My mom said, I've had enough. I've done it my whole life. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> we took it back home with us and kept it at home. We, we didn't, my mom didn't get her money back. She was like, I'm done. I'm not doing it anymore. Shout out to your mom for putting her foot down. Mom finally put her foot down. For respecting your father and having his back. Mm. By the way, new $5 patron just came in live. Breaking news. New $5 patron, Brett Hutto. I don't know if I said that right. H-U-T-T-O. I don't know how else to say it. Shout out to Brett Hutto. We appreciate it and we love you. Thank you all for helping feed my kids. And helping their Christmas. And helping their Christmas. 
I mean, they got an amazing Christmas. We talked about that last podcast, so go and listen if you hadn't yet. Uh, Hank wants to be a little shithead and ask why neither of us participated in Secret Santa. Was it because you're used to taking from the customers and not giving back? Buddy, on this Discord that you interact with us on every single day, every day is a gift. I give you my gift 365 days out of the year. That's my gift. That's John's gift to you. You can listen to John on the airwaves for free every single day. That's his well, also gift. Also my gift. I mean, I, I tried to put on a really good tailgate. I was going to get a cabin, but you know what? Hank just ruined it for everybody. Hank just ruined it for everybody. I'm not buying the cabin anymore for a Christmas retreat. Way to go, Hank. That was going to be everybody's secret Santa. You just ruined it. Good job, Hank. You little shit, you ungrateful, you ungrateful poster. Good job, Hank. Cabin down the drain. No more. Mm. Our, little, our, our, our baseball porch. Guess who's not invited now? When we rent out the porch for the baseball game, guess who's not invited? Seth, you get one guess. Hank. Oh, ding, 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 ding. You nailed that one, Seth. Good job. Put me on Jeopardy. Last question, because now I'm irritated. Last question, I'm only asking because Boomer was first in the in, in the post. He asked, if you punch yourself in the arm and it hurts, are you strong or weak? Is the glass half full or the glass half empty? It's all a consequence of perspective, Boomer. If you wake up every day and you, cho- you can either choose to be joyful or you can choose to be miserable. If you choose joyful, then it's because you're strong. If you choose to be miserable, it's because you're weak. It's all about perspective, Boomer. And during the Christmas season, when some people choose to be sorrowful and sad, you need to choose joy, Boomer. Everyone needs to choose joy. It's a shame that Hank decided not to choose joy, especially during Christmas. It just put me in such a bad mood. I hope his girlfriend doesn't get him anything. It's 930. I've been running the roads all day. We come home. We Because Seth texted me today and said, I can only do a podcast today. I, was, I drove all the way home. I had to go home to see my sick father. I'm emotional. I'm driving back up the road. We still have to get this podcast done. I'm worried sick about my friend Seth. Not my best friend, but my friend Seth. He's in Alabama. Two tornadoes swirling around his area. I don't know if he can die. I don't know if he's going to die. I don't know what's going to happen. Is his power going to get knocked out again? Is he going to survive? Is he going to freeze? I don't know what the weather's like in Alabama. It wasn't that cold here, but it could be cold any minute. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Power's out for a week, and it gets down to like 20 degrees. You could get sick and die like Grandma Neil. And I'm just like, I don't want this to happen. I'm nervous. But we still press forward. We come in, 8.45. There's football on I want to watch. Monday Night Raw's on. There's a lot of good basketball on. I got to do more work. But we're here doing a podcast. And then we get asked just ungrateful questions by Hank. R.I.P. Grandma Neil. Rest in peace. With that, I bid you farewell. Seth, I love you. I'll talk to you next week. I don't know if we'll do it Sunday, Monday, or whatever. I'm sure we'll have another busy schedule because Christmas is here. Christmas, you know, the Christmas spirit that I was trying to get in before Hank just was so rude to us. Choose joy, Hank. Choose joy. Good night, brother Seth. I love you. I love you. Later. Always black.
black and white, sometimes you gotta find us a sign. Hit me with the clock, white horns, I dodge, that bullet still shine. Look, baby, I was on time. I ain't tryna wait more than 15 minutes. If you got a J, add 15 minutes. I was on the way, I was seen just to get here, I stopped on the stone. If you talking about time, wasting this should be a crime. Look, you ain't got a front to say something. Wearing sunshades in the nighttime. You ain't got to search for the flight time. I already seen it from the front, you was curvy. At the message and I'm operating likewise. Like cruiser while I'm puffing on the curse. Little dragon happened twice in my lifetime. Why you had to take it to the max when you swerve me? But your clock wound up, you was perfect. Some my timing. Wake up like five in the morning for the sun come up. I'm crying. Shit ain't always black and white. Sometimes you gotta find that subconscious. Hit me with the clockwork horns. I dodge. I wanna still shine. Early bird, it's the worm. That ain't always true, my nigga. Check this. I was pressed, I was turned. Ready to DM in a curl pattern bet. I was sick, she ain't my concern no more. Puff pads, don't ash in the urn. RIP the moment. I can't confirm that a nigga 